Say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, this time we'd like to welcome our online visitors. Give them a big hand clap. Welcome to West Houston Christian Center. We're so glad that you're joining us online today. We're going to have an awesome, awesome time. Our pastor, Jack C., our executive pastor, is about to come up and share with us the Word of God. Get your Bible, get your notebook. There'll be links to click on. If you're interested in giving, you're welcome to give online at westhoustonchristian.com. Now I'd like you to stand up and go ahead. Let's honor the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. So good to see everybody. I was going to say I was going to turn around for 20 seconds and let you move down closer if you wanted to, but we look pretty good today. How's everybody doing? Well, man, I have been set up good for today. Amen. Don't you love it when the Holy Spirit just kind of weaves the whole service together? And I think my mom hit it. Um, I, uh, Vincent hit it. Um, did a great job, Vincent. Give Vincent a big hand. Amen. I really think we got to do something to draw him out a little bit more. Amen. I just think we'll work on it to try and I think there's more Vincent in there if you just come out of that shell a little bit. The man is a preacher and we're blessed to have him and his family on staff. But what I want to talk about today, um, uh, I just want to be very open and transparent about. Um, I've listened to a lot of teaching on the subject that I'm going to speak on today. Uh, what I would love to do is bring Creflo Dollar's sermon that he preached at the minister's conference and just hit play and just make hand signals as he said stuff like, see, see. Um, uh, Pastor Tracy Harris has taught a lot on what I'm going to talk about today. But uh, as I begin to study it for myself, uh, I shared it with my beautiful wife. And it's great to have a wife that loves the Word of God. Amen. Isn't it great to have a wife that you can share scriptures with and I shared what, what I was going to talk on, and it was like we both just got hit right in the gut because it affected us. Amen? So if it's affecting us, then I know it's also affecting you. Amen? And what we have to do today is we have to be brave, and we have to bring it into the light. We have to deal with it, and then by faith, we have to learn to walk this thing out. Amen? Amen. How many of you are believing to live a limitless life? Sounds good. It's a great greeting card, isn't it? Amen. But how do we get there? What are the practical steps to get me to that life? This Christian life, look, there is no way to look at the Bible and not see that it's not God's will for us to be prosperous, to be healthy, to be blessed, to walk in the fullness. Just like Adam and Eve walked in all of the blessing and all of the abundance in that garden. Amen. It was his will for us to walk in all that today as a New Testament believer. Amen. We got Jesus Christ inside of us the anointed one and his anointing, and Jesus lived a limitless life. And he did it as a man. Come on. He did it as a man. So what we're going to do today is we're going to start a process. And I just simply titled this today, Destroying the Spirit of Mammon. Destroying the Spirit of Mammon. Now, when I went to study this out, I got my Strong's Concordance. Everybody know what a Strong's Concordance is? It's about that thick. 
And what I like to do is I like to open up my Strong's Concordance and I like to find the first time that a word is ever used in the Bible because it lists them all in order of when a word is used so I can find out what's the original intent of this word. What's the first time that this word is ever used? So I got out my notebook, I got my concordance, and I sat down and I said, there's probably going to be 150 to 200 It's in there three times, just three times, both used by Jesus, both in the same story in Matthew and in Luke of what I'm going to share about. And then that absolutely blew me away because the mammon spirit is the spirit that's limiting you from all of the goodness of God. It is the master spirit. When my mother got up here and started breaking and binding devils and spirits, This is exactly what we're talking about today. When Vincent got up and started talking about our giving, limiting us, this is exactly what we're talking about today. And I recognized what this mammon spirit was in my life. And it's rooted in fear. A mammon spirit is anything that you put trust in over God. Any area of your life that there is something higher than God in that area, you are being controlled by a mammon spirit. I mean, it hit me right in the gut. And I'm going to show you how subtle it is. I'm going to show you how it just kind of bleeds. We can make it look so sanctimonious. See what Michelle and I are doing for our kids. See, we want them to go to a good college. So we we don't spend any money on ourselves. Oh, I, I don't mean to say it out loud. We live in the same house for 20 years. We don't buy ourselves anything new because we know it's God's will for our two kids to go to college. That is a spirit of mammon. If I truly believe God and trust Him as my source, I can have 10 houses, 20 cars, a speedboat, and a bicycle if I want it, and my kids can still go to college. Are you hearing me today? The mammon spirit's number one job is to control you, divide you, and cut you off from the blessings of God. Because it wants you to put trust in something other than God himself. Amen? And Jesus dealt with this thing Head on. Let's go to the book of Luke. There's no way I'm going to get through all this today. And so I believe I'm by the leading of the Spirit that I'm going to do some Tuesday nights on it. If you don't come to church on Tuesday night, you might want to. It is another great opportunity to come sit in the Word, to be saturated, to be blessed, to be healed. Don't forsake the assembling of the saints together. Amen. Luke chapter 16. Beginning in verse 13, it says, No servant is able to serve two masters. Say two. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot, say cannot, serve God and mammon, riches or anything in which you trust on and in which you rely. 
Don't you wish there was like a third thing there? Is there anything clearer of who we're serving in every area of our life? There's only two. I'm either serving God in this area of my life or I'm serving mammon. There is no plan B. There is no third option. I'm not just trying to get by. I'm not just being justified. Amen? In everything that we do and with everything that we have, we're either serving it in one of two ways. We're either serving God with it or we're serving mammon with it. There is no third option. The decisions that I make with my resources are either influenced by God or mammon. There is no other way. And so when we bring this thing into the light and we begin to shine some light on it, I'm going to give us a chance at the end of this service to repent and to bring it out so that we can cut this thing off and begin to recognize it because it is so subtle. It's so subtle. It creeps in. Why do I save everything that I save? Why do I have a drawer full of Tupperware lids and butter dishes? Why do I save everything that I have? Why do I have all the little twisties from the bread wrapper in a drawer? I'm laughing, but there's a reason. Because I might not get any more. That might be the, best, the last butter dish I ever get, bless God. And heaven knows that I'm going to need that butter dish, that plastic butter dish, one day. Now, there's nothing wrong with being wise and being fugal, but what's the root of why do we hold on to all of our stuff? Because I'm scared I won't get any more. It's rooted in fear. Why do I hoard stuff? Why do I not throw anything away? Because I'm scared that I won't have it. And my security, and just like my dad prophesied at the beginning, my identity is not in who I am, but it's in what I have. And that is a mammon spirit. Help us, Lord. Right? Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Master simply means Lord, a person exercising absolute ownership rights. Who is master over us? It's either God or mammon. He is our absolute ruler with rights. Who gives them those rights? I do. I do. It's gotten really quiet in here. Let me get Vincent back up here in a second. Mammon, the word simply means old. It's an old Aramaic word. It means riches. It means money. It means possession. It means the treasure a person trusts in. A treasure. Do you know the actual word mammon is, was made to sound like the word amen? Because it's so subtle, I'm either saying amen or I'm saying mammon. It is so subtle. What happens as a believer when I say amen? I'm saying I trust God with whatever I just said. When I say mammon, I'm saying I trust whatever I just put my trust in, not God. It's so subtle. It sneaks into every area of our life, and it wants to control you. Everything about the devil wants to control you. You notice you can't get possessed by an angel? 
Even if you wanted to, God is not in the business of possessing people. Satan wants to possess you with demons. He wants to control because his very root is to want to control us. Every day, I'm either serving God or the spirit of man, and with my resources, there is no third option. Back up to Luke chapter 16, verse 1. I'm going to try and paraphrase, but this is a, a wonderful and sometimes a little bit of a confusing parable that Jesus shares, because you seem to think, He's giving credit to somebody that did something wrong. But I want you to see this in a few seconds. Luke chapter 16, I'm going to paraphrase. It's actually 16, 1 through 15. Um, so I encourage you to go home and read that, okay? But basically, verse 1, um, a certain rich man had a manager of his estate. An accusation against the man was brought to him that he squandered his master's position. Amen? Everybody understand? A man had a business. Uh, he hired this person to run his business for him. The master found out through other people that this servant was not running the business the way that it was supposed to, that he was actually squandering his resources. So what did the master do? The master said, we need to do an audit. Anybody ever been audited? Never, never a good thing. Never makes you feel good, does it? So the master says, servant, I need an audit of what you've been doing. I want to see the books. So what is this unjust servant and what the Bible calls, calls him? The unjust servant in verse 3, he has a thought. He says, I can't dig and I won't beg. So he came up with this other story. That's a bad combination. If you're lazy you know, and prideful, that's a bad, bad combination. Amen? I'm too proud to beg, and I'm too lazy to dig, so i got to come up with another plan. I've got to come up with a plan B. So what he does in verses 5 through 7 is he summons all his master's debtors, and he settles all the debts for pennies on the dollar. He says, if you owe him 800 barrels of oil, give me that bill. I'm going to knock it off. I'm going to make it 400 barrels of oil. And he does it with all of his creditors. He's trying to buy favor with mammon. He's trying to pad his nest with mammon. He's hoping in his heart that if I'm good to all these other creditors that maybe when this guy fires me, because he's going to fire me, maybe one of them will take me in. Now, can we just be real honest? If you're going to steal from this guy, and I know it, am I going to hire you? You see how goofy his thinking was? Now, I want you to see something. Mammon spirit, the mammon spirit, number one, is all about self-preservation. It always sees me first. The mammon spirit is always about self-preservation. Now in verse 8, it says, And his master praised the unjust servant for what he did. Verse 9, Jesus says, Make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous mammon, so that when it fails, you will have an eternal dwelling. Verse 10, He who is faithful in a very little thing is also faithful in much. As I said in verse 3, this unjust servant, he has a thought. 
What shall I do? Notice whenever you hear the word I, 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 that is a mammon spirit. What will I do? His first response is, oh my gosh, how am I going to feed my family? Oh my gosh, how am I going to send my kids? All this guy saw when he got caught was I. How is this going to affect me? And he put a plan in motion for self-preservation. The spirit of mammon says, I can't give, there won't be enough for me. It is always self-centered. It only thinks of itself first. When you get put under pressure, when any of us, when me, when I get put under the most financial or whatever kind of pressure, if I am thinking of me first, that's the mammon spirit. I need to be thinking about God first. When I get under the most severe pressure, I can't fix our mess. One of the ways that we figured out that Michelle and I were dealing with a mammon spirit is we were trying to make, we were saying we're using our faith. And we are. We agree. We have prayers of petition. We pray together. We agree. But we were trying to make it happen with the resources that we had and then praying that God would just pick up the rest of the tab. But guess what? This year, we, we can't do it. It's physically impossible for us to do it this year with our kids. So we both had to fall on our face and say, God, forgive us. If I really trust you, if I truly, truly trust you, there has to be corresponding actions to what I'm believing. I can't say that I trust God, but not trust him with my finances. Because I don't. I can't trust God to heal me from the flu if I can't trust him with a dollar. Because that is a mammon spirit. And the, and the spirit of God and the spirit of mammon can't work in the same place. There's either one or the other. Who's your source? We say it. We say it. We say he's our source. We think coming to church proves that he's our source. But it doesn't. It's how much do you trust him? Do you trust him with your kids or do you worry about them all day? Do you trust him with your job or are you worried about the economy? Come on. Who do you trust? When we really say we trust God, are we willing to do what he tells us to do? This is brutal. Isn't it? Just not. Some of you are sweating. Some of you are crying. Some are, that's okay. This is brutal because this is getting down to our very core of what we really believe. This is the difference between relationship and religion. Religion's brutal. It doesn't care. It's painful. It'll chew up and swallow everything that you give it. It doesn't care. It's insatiable. But a relationship. See, I trust Michelle. I trust her in any and every situation that we've ever been. I trust her with my life. Because we're in relationship. I don't trust her just because we're married. I trust her because I know her. And she trusts me. Amen? It's going to get better. Please, God, let it get better. The spirit of mammon says, oh, this is a good one. It's easier to spend other people's money. I have no problem spending someone else's money, but am I willing to put some of my own in it? I have to be so wise when I'm up here receiving an offering. 
And I need you to know that I've never asked you to sow anything into anything at this church that Michelle and I aren't willing to sow into first. Amen? Amen? It's not my job. I don't live off of your money. I live off of my giving. Come on. The mammon spirit. I'm just going to go there. Can I go there? Okay. Our entire political system is based on a mammon spirit. Let me just be very, very, and I I don't like to sway into politics, but I, I do think you need to hear the truth. Right now, our nation is $22 trillion in debt. We can't even fathom those numbers. They're so big. So any politician that's right now offering you Medicare for all, that it says it's going to wipe away all of your student loans and all your student debt, it's a lie from the pit of hell, and it cannot and will not ever be done. We are $22 trillion in debt. They cannot pay for these programs. But what a spirit of mammon wants to do is to buy you in with this little program, get you connected to the program, and then cut the program off. And now you are a slave to whatever is giving you money. It is unjust, it is unholy, and it's not from God. Don't you dare, don't you dare vote for a person because they're offering you free stuff. And I'm ashamed that we're so, they think we're so stupid that we can't do simple math. If I ran my house like the government ran the nation, there would be creditors at my door all day, every day, and I wouldn't have anything. Let that number sink in. $22 trillion in debt. We cannot afford any more of these programs. Ladies and gentlemen, Social Security could be insolvent by 2025. How many of you have been paying into Social Security your whole life? It was a lie made to collapse from the day that they started it. It was never supposed to be someone's lifetime, their, their, their retirement account. It was never supposed to be something that people depended on for their entire retirements. It was supposed to be a supplement, a little fruit of all the works, 50 years of working hard and paying your taxes. And it could be out of money in less than 20 years. Folks, that is the mammon spirit. It wants to control. Whenever somebody says fixed income, that's the mammon spirit. Because God doesn't work off of fixed incomes. With God, it's limitless. Through your giving, you can go anywhere, be anything, do anything. There's no limits in God. But if I have to look to the government for what I can and can't do and where I can and can't go, that's a mammon spirit. And I need to bring it into the light and deal with it. There is no, that word fixed income should be a cuss word to us. I should want to, that's a fighting word. I don't want a fixed income. I I work for a limitless God. Amen. Amen. Did you ever notice that there was, I love Keith Moore. You know, there was more than one banana in the garden. There were thousands of bananas. There was only two people. He's the God of more than enough. Amen. He didn't give them a little two-man tent and a little campsite. He gave them a garden. It was full of everything. There were so many resources, just the two of them. They couldn't have consumed them in a lifetime. 
He's the God of more than enough. But he was their source. Now let me show you when this mammon spirit came into the earth. The minute they partook of that fruit. The minute they ate it. How do I know that, Pastor Jack? Because for the first time they saw themselves. They took their eyes off of God and then they saw that they were naked. They became self-centered at their very core. They put their trust in themselves. I will get this fig leaf. I will sew it together. Could you imagine what they would have looked like? Hey, God. Hey, man. It's all good. You know, little fig leaf outfit on. And even God was like, oh, no, no, we can't have that. So he slayed a lamb, and he made him coats, and he covered him himself. That mammon spirit is based in self-centeredness. Amen? Everybody okay? We're going to keep going. Verse 4 of Luke 16 says, I have come to know what to do so that my master's debtors will receive me into their house. I'm back at Luke 16. I have come to know what to do. Have you ever just thought and you had a really good plan in your mind and it was horrible? It sounded good, but then when I said it, it didn't come out. I have come to know what to do so that my master's debtor will receive me into their house. The spirit of mammon looks at other people as a means to an end. The mammon spirit has an ulterior motive and an agenda as to why it's even, they're even talking to you. Because their job is to try to get something from you. That is a mammon spirit. It has an agenda. You ever been approached by somebody and you thought, man, this is a great person. All of a sudden you figured out they were trying to sell you something. Did it ever make you mad? Makes you mad. Because you weren't looking at me as a person. You were looking at me as a mark. Someone that were, you're just trying to get something from me. You feel cheap, don't you? I mean, that's what a mammon spirit's trying to do. I'm just looking at you as a way to get something from you. And as a believer, I'm trying to get something to you. See, my job today is not to get something from you. My job today is to get something to you. When God asks to give of our gifts and our tithes and our offerings, he's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. And he put this system in place and says, if you'll trust me with one dime of a dollar, I will relieve all of your financial pressure. Every bit of it. The tithe was put there to relieve pressure. Amen? It was there to relieve pressure. The spirit of mammon always has a hidden agenda and a motive when it gives. Now listen, we all got to work on this one. The mammon spirit always has an agenda. Whenever the mammon spirit wants to give, it wants to be seen giving. It wants to be seen giving. Because it wants all the attention on itself because it's based in I. It's based in I. <laughs> because the mammon spirit is pride-driven, it lives off of praise. Let me tell you what I did. Let me tell you this great story. Let me tell you. See, the funny thing is if you go on YouTube, you see all these people, and they go in, and they help people, and it's wonderful, but they record the whole thing. They get it all on video so that they can play it for the whole world to see 
Look what I did. So what was the root of why they were giving? Were they truly giving to be giving because it's the godly thing to do? Or were they giving to be recognized? Or were they giving to be praised? When I do something, folks, we got to check ourselves. Why am I doing what I'm doing? What is motivating me to do this right now? Is it the spirit of God or is it the spirit of mammon? Am I really doing something from you or am I going to get something out of it at the end of this? Mm. Because it has an agenda. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, but when you give, say when, doesn't say if, but when you give to charity, do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Verse 4, so your deeds of charity may be in secret and your father in heaven will reward you openly. Now, look, there's a big difference. Sometimes we'll ask someone to share a testimony. They went out and they were a blessing to somebody. That's completely different. But when I am giving something to somebody or doing something for somebody simply to be recognized and to be praised for it, and this is how we know, when we give it to them, then we start asking, well, they really didn't seem very thankful about it. Do you think, did they they understand what we were giving? See, there's something attached to it. Well, I gave them that thing. They just didn't seem very excited about it. Did they know that that was a sacrifice? Did they know that, that I, see what I'm saying? Why am I giving what I'm giving? I should give you, if God tells you to give me something or I give you something, we just give it and praise God. Because I'm not obeying you, I'm obeying God. And the God in heaven who is going to reward me for what I just did secretly. Amen? So I have to check my motives. Amen? Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira, they watched someone go before them, sell a piece of land, give it to the church, and they got praised for it in the service. Matter of fact, the guy became one of the apostles that did it before him. So Ananias and Sapphira are like, oh, honey, did you see all the praise they got? Did you see how they got called out during the service? Oh, honey, I got an idea. You see, there's another one of those I had a thoughts. I got an idea. Let's sell a piece of land, but let's keep some for ourselves and we'll give the rest to the church and we'll get praised for it and maybe we'll even get that promotion like Barnabas did. Oh, honey, that's God. That's a great idea. So what do they do? They concoct a mammon-made plan to give themselves the praise that they want, the position that they want, They present the money, and the disciples are like, is this the full amount? Number one, were they asked to sell that land? They did this of their own free will. They did it of their own free will. The husband came. Is this what you gave? Yes, it is. Why did you choose to lie? Boom, he's dead. Now, why did she show up four hours later? Because she knew she was going to get praised that day. So she's at the beauty parlor. I mean, she got her hair done. She got a new robe. She knew that today was the day. Got a medi and a petty and all that. And had her nails done. And she knew that today was the day they were going to call her out. 
This is my day. I'm going to get promoted. I'm going to get praised for this great thing that we did. And all she was doing was dressing for her funeral. That mammon spirit wants to cut you off from God. Because it's got I in the middle of it. It is self-centered by nature. Amen? It is self-centered by nature. Can y'all handle a little bit more? So, why did the master praise the unjust servant? We always wonder with that one. This guy did everything wrong, yet for whatever reason, the master was like, hey, you acted shrewdly. You acted prudently in the midst of this. You know what I think? I think the guy finally did his job. His job was to manage and to bring in funds and produce money. And when he finally got put under pressure, he started slashing bills and bringing in money. At least he did something, amen, to try and better himself. Go back to the parable of the talents. Do you remember the one that had the one talent? And he buried it, and he started talking about how unjust the master was. It's the same thing in this scenario. The master didn't lose any money in that, talent, in that parable, did he? He presented him back, but it wasn't about the money. It was about the experience. You didn't even try to do anything with that talent. You dug a hole and buried it. It would have been better for you to go out and lose that money than it would have been for you just to bury it in your backyard. Therefore, he cast him out. Amen? We as Christians, amen? This is what he's trying to say. Do something. God doesn't move with stationary parts. God moves with things that are moving Amen? Repent and move on. Repent and move on. Repent and move on. Verse 9, Jesus says, Make to yourselves friends of mammon, of unrighteousness, that when you fail, you may receive you into an everlasting dwelling. Do you know what the unjust servant finally figured out? That he started using money on somebody else and not just on him. And when he began to use money on somebody else that produced for him an eternal dwelling. When we use our resources on others, when I'm not concerned about me and my four and no more, when I'm using my resources for you, I am preparing for myself an eternal dwelling. And I like what Creflo Dollar said. He said, there will be people coming up to you in heaven and thanking you because you did give in that offering that touched those people in that nation. You did give in that offering that was part of that feeding program. You did give in that offering that let us go to that apartment complex. Amen? You are preparing for yourself an eternal dwelling with your giving. Amen? Verse 10. He who is faithful in a small thing is faithful also in much. This is hard, okay? I know this whole thing has been hard. In the kingdom of God, the very least thing that there is, is money. In the kingdom of God, it is the least thing. That's what he says. He who has been faithful in the least. Amen? Money is the least. We have made it the most. Each and every one of us in this room are affected and impacted by money. Yes or no? Yes. Amen. In the kingdom, it's the least thing. It's the entry level. What you do 
with your mammon, with your money, dictates whether you're going to be faithful over much. So even if you have a billion dollars, you have a billion least things. You have more least things than I do. Amen? And what I do with that money, that's what God is looking at. God says, I can tell everything I need to know about one person by what they do with this unrighteous mammon. I know everything I need to know about you by what you do with your dollar. Where you give it, what you save, what you hold on to, I know everything there is to know about you by what you do with your money. Because what you do with your money is truly who you serve. You ever been in your car and you got the window down and like somebody walks up to the car and you hit the electric button and the window goes up? That just happened in here in the spirit. When I started talking about that, the windows, I I don't want to hear this. What? Is it with the radio? What? Is there somebody else? Where's Vincent? Get Vincent back up here and let him talk. This is the core issue, ladies and gentlemen. This is it. How we handle a dollar is how God looks at us. I can tell God that I love him. I can worship him. I can praise him. But when it gets down to it, it's what I give that truly shows how much that I love him. I'm going to end with this. The rich young ruler. Amen? The rich young ruler. The rich young ruler, he comes to Jesus, actually interrupts him. Pretty bold, isn't it? Can you imagine interrupting Jesus as he was talking? It says he interrupts him. And the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he's, Lord, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus, in one of the translations, says he looked at him and loved him and said, which I think is so cool, he loved him and he said, he loved enough to say something to him. And he says, keep the cut, honor your father and mother, you know, don't eat meat on Fridays, you know, whatever the whole, whatever the, whatever, whatever the commandments are. And the rich young ruler says, Jesus, I have kept all of these things from my youth. Now, notice that this man had everything, correct? He had everything, but yet he still recognized there was something missing in his life. That's a mammon spirit. He recognized that even after he had everything, he was young, he was rich, he had it all. But he still recognized, what must I have to have eternal life? So Jesus says this, go sell all you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. Do you know the man did not hear another word after Jesus said, give to the poor? That mammon spirit shut his, well, how do you know that? Because his next words were, the next verse after Jesus says that, is that he walked away sadly because he had great possessions. He did not even hear that Jesus was offering him a place on his staff. He could have been an apostle. But because things had him and he didn't have things, when the moment that mammon spirit was brought out into the light, it grabbed and it held on. Because this young man had great and many possessions. 
The mammon spirit is putting your trust in anything other than God. All right, two more verses and we'll let you go. Peter is there with Jesus. This is before Jesus goes to the cross. And Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, who do men say that I am? And so some of them are like, you're a prophet and you're John the Baptist and you're this mighty man. And Peter says, Jesus stops and he looks at Peter and Peter, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Jesus is so excited by the spirit. Peter has figured out who he is. And he begins to tell Peter, Peter, you're a rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will never prevail. Amen. So then Jesus starts to go into this dissertation about he's about to go into Jerusalem. He's about to be, you know, beaten and crucified. And Peter pulls Jesus aside and begins to rebuke him, saying, this will never happen. And Jesus says, get thee behind me, mammon. What did he say? What did he say? Get behind me, mammon. What did he say? This isn't a trick question. Satan and mammon are the same thing. Satan and mammon are the same thing. This is brutal. Who's my master? Either God or Satan. There is no third choice. I either trust God with what I have or I'm fearful that I'm never going to get any more because my faith is in an earthly system. See, we get lied to. You can make a million dollars working hard or I'll pay you 20000 a year not to work. Man, I'll take the 20000 for not working. Gotcha. 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 That's that mammon spirit. Have I hit anybody between the eyes besides me this morning? Amen? Well, I can't let you go like this. Okay? So let's stand up. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to ask Robin to play for a second. I know we're 10 minutes longer. That's that mammon spirit that wants to get you out of here. It is. It's a mammon spirit that looks at your watch. It's a mammon spirit that starts, it's trying to get you out of this room right here and right now. Because it doesn't like. We have brought this thing. Can I begin to tell you the attacks that we've been under in the past four days? Because I was going to preach this. Brutal stuff. Because this is the master spirit. This is the one. Look, when Moses went into Egypt and brought out Israel, it wasn't about Moses and Pharaoh. It was about God destroying a mammon spirit that was encompassed in Pharaoh. Pharaoh had set himself up as a god because he had all the finances, all the money, all the land, and all the animals. It wasn't Moses against Pharaoh. It was the true God standing up against this mammon spirit and utterly cutting it off at its root, proving who was the real God. Amen? So 
If this has touched you today, then I'm just going to humbly ask if you would just close your eyes, lift up your hands for a moment, and just let me lead you in a prayer, okay? Heavenly Father, I need everybody, folks. Heavenly Father, forgive me. I repent for not trusting you in every area of my life. God, you are my source. And I put you first place in my life. First place in my finances. First place in my family. Thank you, Lord. Just receive it. Right now, there's just a, a presence right here. You know, when, you, when the pattern's right, the glory will fall. And when you get everything back in order in your life, then the glory of God is ready to habitate it. So, Lord, forgive us for whatever I've put my trust in that's not of you. False things, governments, people. You have to get a revelation, just like Abraham did, that even if this thing dies, that God can bring it back to life. God does not want us dependent on anybody or anything other than him. Stop looking at people as your source. Father, we do, we just humbly repent today. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this congregation. Satan, I bind you. You have been rebuked, you have been found out, and you've been laughed at. Get under our feet where you belong. I truly believe this is the spirit that's been limiting this church for 30 years. There are no more limits at this church. We are not want for anything to fulfill the calling that God's put on us and upon our pastors. I thank you, Lord, for a spirit of repentance. And Lord, even just going through our day-to-day things, show us, Lord, where I'm not putting my full trust in you. Father, I trust you with the tithe. It all starts right there. I trust you, Lord, with one dime of a dollar. Lord, that's all you've asked for. Prove me now in this. So, Lord, I trust you with my finances. I trust you, Lord, with my retirement. I trust you, Lord, with my home. I trust you, Lord, in every one of these areas, God. And, Lord, just show me whenever I make a decision. Lord, our our finances are influenced by one of two things, either God or mammon. So when I make a financial decision, Father, let it be because the Spirit of God is leading me to do it. And the Spirit of mammon is not driving me to do it. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. And we worship you right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Now we're going to do some more teaching on this. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're part of our hospitality team that signed up, then Miss Pansy is going to have a lunch for you as soon as service is over. And if you'd like to be a part of our hospitality team, you can see Miss Pansy in the back. And amen.
Part of getting free from a mammon spirit is doing something for someone else. Say this. I am going somewhere to be a blessing to someone today. And live your life by that every single day. Every single day I'm going somewhere to be a blessing to, be, to someone Amen. That keeps it God first and not man. I'm not going somewhere to be blessed by someone every day. I'm going somewhere to be a blessing. I can't stop, folks. You're just going to have to leave. Okay? I cannot stop. I cannot stop. There's too much. So in the name of Jesus, go. We'll see you Tuesday night. We love you. Goodbye.